Welcome everyone, this is Pastor Edwin. Um, we are in second part of the Place of Temptation, OSL Faith Builders, Level 1, the Place of Temptation. This is where we're at, and we left off on a very interesting subject, but we'll get right into it. But first, let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this setting that we're able to come together. Thank you for those that are willingly willing here to uh, listen to the course or taking the course outside of the um, online setting. If they're in class, Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, for the coaches. I thank you for the uh, uh, ability, Lord, for them to come together into a classroom setting and receive exactly what you want them to receive, Lord. I thank you for Jerry Dearman for allowing us to use this program to to uh, take it apart or uh, make it our own, as he says, to uh, be able to reach the the culture we're, we're facing today and the community that we're trying to reach today, Lord, that it will fit exactly according to your will, but it would fit exactly where they will understand it and receive it, Lord. We thank you for your glorious holy word, your absolute truth. We thank you for a glorious day. We thank you, Lord, for the breath of life that you freely give to us today, Lord. Father, we're going to dive into this. We pray for your presence, Holy Spirit, to be among us, Lord, that we will keep any distractions away. I pray for those that are in the course, Lord, that are taking the classes, have um, not faced any struggles throughout the weeks, that they were able to continue with their dis disciplines and their readings and journeys, Lord, drawing nearer to you and casting the devil out. Thank you, Father, for this glorious time. As we pray to you, Lord, we give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, everyone, welcome and thank you for tuning back in. If you're taking the course, I hope everything is going well for you. I hope that uh, at this time you're already in, in deep in the studies and you're uh, gaining something from it. You're journaling like crazy and you're saying, yes, I want more. Let's continue moving forward. You've come this far. It has to be something great. This is a great topic, a uh, place of temptation. It's And we have been talking about uh, uh, wisdom, how wisdom is looking through the window and letting us know. Solomon is, is explaining to us how this woman is looking uh, out the window and seeing what's going on. That wisdom is seeing this going on about this win woman that she is actually, um, she's not a godly woman. And she's actually going out there and uh, this man is, she watches this man. Wisdom sees this man go by the block and he's getting deceived. He's getting drawn in by her beauty, drawn in by these things. We're going to continue on talking about this. Uh, we did mention a part where, where um, uh, Peter in 1 Peter 3, he talked about a godly woman and that it says that a godly woman should have the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. That didn't mean that a woman should not speak. It just means there's a whole demeanor about a, 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 a woman who has uh, or being humility. Having humility and modesty in a woman, you know what I mean? It's not that she has to stay silent. She can speak all she wants. It's not just a clothing thing either. There's a whole spirit of modesty. And there's a grace about her. And we have to say it's in a different way. A very attractive thing also for, for many men to have that grace about that woman. Um, 
when you're just out there talking, instead of out there just talking trash, a woman comparing that with a woman that's out there talking trash, and, and that's and it's, she's not a godly woman, you know. So the, we spoke about the attitudes, the different attitudes in women, Proverbs 7, 18 through 21. Um, the attitude of the world not of the, is the attitude of the world is the kingdom of darkness, and the right attitude, an attitude of love in the kingdom of God. So we came to that point. So let's start here where we left off. Um, I want to say that the, the attitude of the world, again, we'll start off from there, the attitude of the world we talked about. That, I'm just looking at the notes here. That attitude of the kingdom of darkness. So that's not the attitude of love and not the attitude of the kingdom of God for male or female. It's not just the female, it's the male or female, anyone I like, right? So, she was loud and rebellious, it said. Her feet would not stay at home. What does that mean? It means she's restless. She's dissatisfied with what she has at home. And this is a breaking point from, from our part one, where we've come to this point, like, wondering, who is this woman? What is going on here? Is, is she a harlot? Is she a prostitute? And these are things that run through your mind. And no. Now we're going to break open to show you that, no, she's not a harlot. She's not a prostitute, okay? Her feet would not stay at home, what, and it means that she was restless. She was dissatisfied with what she had at home or what she has at home. She wants more. She wants something new, somebody else. Her feet would not stay at home. And at times, she was outside, at times in the open square, lurking at every corner, just watching around. So what is he saying? Son, what is Solomon saying? Son, this type of lady can show up anywhere, anywhere at all. See, because we know where, we know where the, uh, uh, the, the woman of the night, where she stands. She stands where the customers come all the time, right? They move from here to there. If you've ever gone through a city uh, outlet or inlet or, and, and you've seen the uh, avenues and they walk back and forth. Some of them are inside the, the um, hotels or inside the casinos and stuff like that, which I don't think Christians should be in casinos gambling, period. But that just might be my opinion. I don't know. Maybe we should check scripture on that. So... This is what he's saying is that this woman, this type of woman that is unsatisfied at home can pop up anywhere. This type of lady can show up anywhere. It's not just that one neighborhood over there. Son, it's on television. <laughs> oh, you didn't think we were going to go there. It's on television. It's on the radio. And many can't see her, but you can hear and talk about her. The stuff that provokes your mind, and before you know it, you're thinking things you shouldn't be thinking. It's on the internet, magazines, newspapers. These things kind of irritate me because there's there's so much access that kids have to these things today. And it's not right. It's not right that we allow that in our society and put that in front of anybody. And much less kids who are curious, right? Victims of these things today... Uh, 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 these phones and iPods, there's a big boom about it now with little pornographic video clips. And they pop up. So you got to monitor what your kids are watching all of the time. You got to be careful. Even yourself as you go along. You could be playing a simple word game and, and these things pop up. I know because I've, I've seen it. I've played certain word games. Just 
making up words, challenging other people with words. And here's a little clip of some sexual scene or something going on. So imagine your child playing some kind of little video game on a handheld device like a phone or an iPod, and these things start to pop up. So you need to monitor that things and be careful. I don't think it's right. It's, it's too much. It's getting worse. So, <clears throat> son, so listen to what he said. Son, it's lurking at every corner. You have to pay attention. Don't think uh, it's just that person over there. It's everywhere. It's not just that woman at night or anything like that. It's everywhere. And you have to watch out because it's lurking at every corner. So, she caught him. What does that mean? She cornered him to talk to him. She caught him. She got his attention and kissed him. Son, this type of lady will jump to physical things quickly. And what I mean physical is sex. You know? And you're about to die spiritually. There's not there's no getting to know one another and making sure that you know we both love the Lord and are on the right page. No, no, no. She's ready to jump right into physical touch. She caught him and kissed him with an impudent face. That means a shameless face. Why? Because she was set on a goal. She was set to go out there and satisfy what she was looking for because she was dissatisfied with what she had at home. She wanted something new, something exciting, someone else. <clears throat> and, and that, <clears throat> we will start to learn it, that is a... Uh, um, uh, a spirit of Jezebel, uh, a, a bad spirit of lust that, that draws that attention away from your spouse and it makes you dissatisfied. It happens to women and men. But in this case, we're talking about how this woman, he, his son, he's talking to his son. Listen to what I'm saying to you. She caught him and kissed him with an impudent face. Okay? And I'm not doing anything wrong, you're thinking. She's like, oh, I'm not doing anything wrong. Listen to what she says with a shameless face. She says, I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows. Listen to that. So I came, and these people try and deceive you with God as well. Uh, um, it could be a man as well, ladies. It's not just a woman, men as well. And out, and she said that she paid her vows. So she came out. To meet, she said, I came out to meet you diligently to seek your face. You know what she's saying? I can't believe that I was just at church today, had peace offerings, paid my vows, and I was praying that the Lord would just bring destiny to pass. And so I came out to meet you, to seek your faith. Can't believe it. Here you are. God said, God set this up. Can you hear people do that all the time? Where they say, oh, God set this up. And it's not even godly. I mean, you plainly see it's not godly. They bring God into the mix of this, of things like that. Oh, this is chemistry. This is destiny. This is faith. And you don't see any trace of God in it whatsoever at all. I mean, I was just praying for somebody. This is things they're telling you. You didn't even see her pray or him pray. But they're telling you, I was just praying for somebody. And look, here, here you are. I can't believe it. So you're, you can get drawn in by that. You can get drawn in by that. A believer can get drawn into that. Someone that listens, that prays, can get drawn in by that. Because naturally, you want to believe that someone is praying. And when you hear somebody, if you're not using wisdom, you have no wisdom, you're going to fall into this right away. And let me tell you, it's not that, and I don't want to just say, let me take that back. It's not that you don't have wisdom, but if you don't listen, you don't seek wisdom on these things, you fall prey to it. I have, not in a lust 
fact, it was a different way where someone came to me and said, oh, I just finished praying about this and here you are. Oh, really? It made you feel real good, like a pat in the back, like, hey, 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 you know, you just arrived. And you know what? We never arrive. We know this. We never arrive. We're constantly going and doing and going and doing. We never have that attitude of, hey, look at me, I arrived, you know. But when that was something that I missed, and spiritually speaking, when this person came and said to me, wow, you know, I was just praying for this specific reason, and here you are asking about it. How do I know if they prayed? They could have just said that, right? All right. I didn't. See, they mentioned God, but I didn't see them do it. I didn't. I didn't know what was really going on. And turned out later on that it was all based on lies. I was hurt and deceived by it financially. It became a lie to the point that even they came back and said, hey, you owe me money. Like, whoa, wait a minute. I lost money and you want me and I owe you money too? So, you see, we have to be careful with this. It's not just sexual. They come and tell you this is chemistry, this is destiny, or, or this is fate. I just prayed. You know, you got, you, can you believe this? You know, and, and they'll go on. We can even fool ourselves with this. Like I said, and, and some thought of, I've been praying to God for a woman in my life, and you fool yourself. I've been praying to God for a man in my life, and, and this ain't the one. This is not the one. Listen, because if you're praying and praying, and all of a sudden she pops up or he pops up, but you've been going through this thing, like a lot of brothers and sisters that we know that are coming out of addiction or coming out of a, a, a different relationship, you see, there's this thing called growth, and when you're reborn, you don't go right into a, a lifestyle that you think is supposed to be all crimson clover, you know, where things are just going to be beautiful now and you're going to get a picket fence and everything's going to be all happy. No, it's according to God's will, how and when he says. And this is the bottom line truth is how and when he says. So we pray for it and we wait. We pray for this kind of thing, and we wait. We pray for that person, we wait. But if we're coming there, and this is proof because I'm watching it happen today. I'm watching it happen today. We pray to God, and we say, oh, I need a woman in my life. I can't be alone. But are you going to do the right thing? Did these people do the right thing? Did they say, all right, well, you know, we're not going to sleep together. We're going to get married first. We're going to get married first, and then we'll be together under the eyes of God. See, but if you marry just because you wanted to have sexual intercourse with this person, then that's the reason why you get married. There's no love there. How do you love someone in a couple months? I, I believe in falling in love at first sight. I do believe that. But the minute that you come out of a, you're not even out of a problem and suddenly God gave you a solution through another person and bring you out of that right away, it can happen. It can happen. But honestly, if you read scripture, when you die to yourself, you're to live for Christ. And if this woman is not saying to you, I love the Lord, no, 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 we cannot do that. Or a man says to you, I love the Lord, we cannot do that. I will court you, we will visit with each other around people, around other family members, but we cannot catch ourselves alone because the place of temptation will be right there. Again, another place of temptation, you see? So this, these are things that God places in our hearts and our minds so we can use wisdom, have wisdom, pray for wisdom to know this, to know these things. I have peace offerings with you, she says, and just today I paid my vows. 
So I came out as if it's that's the progression. Like God sent me. God is setting this up. So I came out to meet you diligently to seek your face and I found you. Now notice what comes right after this. Notice this. God God in this. They'll they'll just mix it right in. You know, with God as if, you know, God understands. He knows, you know, we're not trying to do anything bad here. We're just having a look. And this is what we're feeling. There's something here, and you know, it you know it as well as I do, and the Lord knows that you're lonely and and he understands, and all these little things try to sway into the uh um coercing you to to say yes. <laughs> Pretty much to say yes. Okay, let's do it. Let's all right, then there's nothing wrong, you're right. God knows. And there's a lot of religious factors this way. Say, well, God knows your heart. It's all right that you did what you did or you're going to do what you're going to do. What? It's sin. Sin is sin. There's no falling into the God understands how you feel. Yeah, let me tell you, God does understand how you feel. God understands loneliness and all that, but he does not condone sin. Are you listening? God does not condone sin, no matter what you're trying to convince yourself about. So in fact, the minute you turn around and say, okay, uh-oh, you fell into that temptation and you sinned and you died spiritually. So God definitely understands. And he wants, to, he wants you to have fulfillment in your heart and have good relationship and, and search to have that love. He wants you to. And he will answer your prayers. But you need to know something. God does not allow you to cross that line. Okay? He won't let, allow you to cross that line. It'd be like if you had a son that was a drug addict. And it was destroying his life. And you watch his whole life coming unglued. And then he decides he's going to do right. And he's going to get off the drugs. But after a couple days. You see him going through. The withdrawals and shaking and, and intense and he needs it. And he's telling you, I got to have it. I got to have it. You got to help me out. You got to do something. You know what? You, you don't tell him, I understand your heart. Go ahead. Get some. I understand. You just need it. I know you need it right now. Go ahead. No, you don't say that to him, would you? No. You know why? Because you know, you know, that's gonna kill him you know what's gonna kill him he may not even come home tonight you don't say that sin destroys that's why god hates it god doesn't hate sin because it's fun god invented sexual things now listen to this god invented sexual things every last tingle it's true he invented it all he came up with the idea sexual pleasure pleasure was god's invention for our pleasure but when it's misused when it's taken outside of the boundaries of marriage, yeah, outside the boundary of marriage, it destroys your life. You think it doesn't, but it does. It really, really does. It destroys your self-confidence. It eats away at you. And, and, and then you have a cloud hanging over your head. You know, there are options that are not available to you when you're in sexual immorality. You don't even consider them because you're locked in. You don't realize it. Like the Bible says, it's a deep pit and a narrow well. 
You don't even realize you're closed in, that you're locked into it. And you can't just do what anybody else could do. Because you need the Lord to free you from it. So he goes on. And what verse will be on that ver on verse 16? I spread my bed. What's 16? Hold on one second. Yep, verse 16. Mm -hmm. And verse 16, it says, I spread my bed with tapestry-colored coverings of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with morales and cinnamon. What is it? What is it that she's trying to tell us here? What is she talking about? She came intentionally for this to happen. I mean, she is preparing. She is there to find somebody and to get them back home. She's ready to bring somebody home. She made it real pretty and smelling real nice. She's She decorated. She made it smell good. Her intentions are clear. They're very clear. This word... Uh, uh, um, I mean, she is there to find somebody. Seriously. Verse 18. Let's go into verse 18 because it's getting really, really heavy here. And as you keep reading on, it's going to open your eyes clear and clear to the reason why we need to pray for wisdom in these things. And why is uh, a wisdom in showing us? And come let, it says, verse 18, come let us take our fill of love. Listen to that. This blows me away because there's so many people that don't know, uh, um, they don't know love. This word love is used for so many things, including sex. It's used. Uh, um, but let me tell you that being used, the love for sex, is not the right word. Come, let us take our, our fill of love, she says. Imitation love. Cheap love. It's not real love. No love is far deeper. Oh, it can include sexual things, but love is far deeper than this. Let us take our fill of uh, 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 love until morning. What does she, what does that mean? I mean, hours of pleasure. She's talking about hours of pleasure, and this guy is listening to all of this. Let us delight ourselves with love. And verse nineteen says, "My husband is not at home." Bing, ring the bells, ring the bells. There it is. My husband is not at home. This is not a harlot. This is an adulterous woman. Somebody's not satisfied at home, for my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home on the appointed date. What is she saying? We won't get caught. There's nobody going to be there. The coast is clear. Nobody will know. They'll never find out. No one will ever know. I know it's a safe place. I've got it all fixed up, created for us. Nobody will catch us. That's what she's saying in verse 21. With her enticing speech, she calls him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. He's got no resistance. Immediately he went after her as a, 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 a bull goes to the slaughter. Or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. I mean, listen to this. Notice wisdom is saying, I watched this whole thing play out. This young man just passing along the street near her corner. But I saw as if cattle were in a line going to the slaughter. And one by one, they edge up and just stand there and edge up a little bit more. And edge up a little farther, not realizing that their life ends today. 
she said, I watched this young man keep edging up closer. Wisdom is telling us here that closer and closer, he got closer, not realizing he was going to his own destruction. In verse 23, till an arrow struck his liver, a vital organ. Till an arrow struck his liver as a bird hastens to the snare. Now listen to these words. He did not know it would cost his life. Say that. He didn't know it would cost his life. This young man didn't know. There are things that will end every time if you give place to sin. Something dies. Something dies. Do you need to know that? You might need to know that. This may open your eyes to something. Whoever is listening and needs, and, and is shocked by all this and seeing that what, what the Bible is opening up here. What door is it opening? Let's continue in. Every time you give place to sin, something that sometimes you lose for your whole life as well. You lose your whole life. This guy did not know he's going to the destruction of his life. In verse 24, now therefore listen to me. My children, male and female, pay attention to the word. See, God says back to the word. It's the word that you need to pay attention to. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Your heart, notice this, okay? Do not let your heart, son, you are reasonable, I mean responsible for your heart. Don't let your heart be thinking about her don't let her don't let your heart turn aside to her ways her ways you know don't stray into her traps for this kind of lady has cast down many wounded and all who were slain by her listen and let it haunt your thinking from today forward all who were slain by her were stronger strong men okay all who were slain by her were strong men Man who thought I can get close, I can flirt, I can mess around, I won't get caught, I won't get burned by this, mm -mm. oh it's a safe place, I won't get sucked in, uh, I'm so strong I won't do anything, I'll be okay. All who were slain by her, it says all who were slain by her were strong men, her house is the way to hell. Son, you don't want to go to hell? Go to her house. Her house is the way to hell. Descending to the chambers of death. I know there are people that have uh, uh, um, the people that have said, I'm not going to her house. I have her come to my house. It's safer there. And then they think, oh, can we? There's got to be a way to get around this the death by going to her house. No. You know what he's talking about here. Do you realize what he's saying? I want you to look at chapter 5 real clear and pull out your pen because I want you to underline a few things in a few minutes, okay? Proverbs chapter 5, so notice the way, and you notice how the way chapter 5 starts again. My son. Notice the subjects that chapter 5 starts with. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. He's back to the word of God. Son, listen, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding that you may preserve discretion. Remember the word discretion we talked about in the beginning. We talked about how wisdom that keeps you from the future trouble. That's wisdom, right? Uh, uh, son, if, if you'll stay in the word, you'll, you'll preserve the discretion. And that, and that wisdom will keep you from 
uh, the future trouble. And that your lips may keep knowledge. Verse 3, the lips of an immoral woman drip honey. Listen to that. Hey, son, listen. The words of an immoral woman are like desserts. They're so attractive, delicious looking. Woo, look at that. I want that one. They're so tempting. And you want to eat them. And even though you know they're not good for you, especially around the waist, you know they'll they'll stay around longer than you want them to. But hey, son, they're so tempting. You're going to want to partake the lips of a woman. The whole point of what he's saying is don't even be somewhere where you're listening to those words. You don't even want to hear about it. Because it'll start attracting you. See, not just your eyes, your ears too. The lips of a moral woman drip honey and her mouth is smoother than oil. What does that mean, son? Her words have a way of sliding right down into your heart. Before you even know it, her lips are smoother. Her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is a bitter as wormwood. Son, let me tell you, you're going to be left with a bad taste in your mouth. Let's read this in chapter 5. Okay, chapter 5. Proverbs 1, son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding. Verse, we're, uh, chapter 5, Proverbs, verse 2. That you may preserve discretion and your lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey and her mouth is smoother than oil. You see, I'm not making this up. Read this verse four. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lay hold of hell. Lest you ponder her path of life. Her ways are unstable. You do not know them. Therefore, hear me. Now, my children, that's that's uh, son and daughter. See, hear my children. Man and woman, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Remove your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house. Don't even go near her door, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the cruel one. Listen to that. So these, though her words are tempting, drips like honey, <coughs> smoother than oil. Her words have a way of sliding right down into your heart. They're smooth, but she is bitter as wormwood. Son, let me tell you, you're going to be left with a bad taste in your mouth. Sharp is the sword. You're going to feel like somebody pierced you with a sword. Seems good up front, but it's, it's going to be devastating at the end. It's going to really hurt. Then we see that verse 5. I, I want you to underline the words here. Her feet. Okay, this is the part where I want you to underline. Her feet, because her feet represents where she is. Her feet, or being where she is, go down to death. Her feet go down to death. Her steps, underline her steps. Underline her feet, go down to death. Then underline her steps. Her steps represent where she goes and the way she lives her life. It's her lifestyle. Son, walking like her or going where she goes, doing that kind of thing that she does. Son, her steps lay hold of hell. That's the way to hell, son. See, a lot of Christians don't realize this. A lot of Christians think that they can come to church and call themselves a Christian. But they can be involved in sexual immorality. 
and they think they're they're going to go to heaven because God understands all that. They go to church and some people want to come and do a little confession thing and and be forgiven, but they don't ever change their lifestyle. And you know what? When they come to confess, it's a lie. They lie. You need to know that that is a lie. It's not true. When you come up and do this and you continue that, you don't change your lifestyle. Well, I thought the Lord loves us. Yeah, he forgives. And he understands. He really does. But when you come to confess your sins to the Lord, what you're saying is, I don't want to do this anymore. This is the true repentance we were in. I'm asking you to forgive me and cleanse me and strengthen me to not do it. So I got to break up with somebody. Maybe I got to walk away from some people or from some things. I got to stay away from certain people. And why? Because I've asked for forgiveness and I want to walk with the Lord. So think about this. Whatever it is that you're facing out there, it doesn't have to be a sexual immorality. <clears throat> it could be drugs. It could be cigarettes. It could be you're drinking too much and thinking, oh, well, you know, I only drink on Fridays and Saturdays. Whatever it is, you're getting drunk or you're using drugs. And you're thinking, oh, I'll just, you know, casually use it. Or you're fooling yourself with an addiction and you're trying to hide it. You have asked God for forgiveness. Did you lie? Or were you sincere? Were you honestly asking God to forgive you? Were you truly repenting? Because true repentance is not to do it again, right? And you fight that temptation. But listen to this. Listen to this teaching here. It's showing us. Solomon is teaching us something here. Wisdom is saying, stay away. Don't even listen to it. Don't go that way. Don't go around the corner trying to peek. Don't listen to it. I got to stay away. So you might have to pull away from certain people you, in, in order for you to ask for forgiveness and keep it real. Right? You want to walk with the Lord. Now that's what coming to confessing your sin is. It's not just saying it. And that's not all what God is talking about. In fact, we look at it in Proverbs and it says, whoever hides this and covers this will not prosper. You will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes sin will find mercy. I'm going to find mercy of God. You need to confess, but you also need to turn away and walk away from the thing that makes you sin. So he says, her feet being where she is, go down to death. Her steps going where she goes and doing what she does is the way to go to hell. So here we are. Talk, let's talk about verse 6. Lest you ponder. Listen, listen. Lest you ponder, son. Don't be where her feet are. Don't act that, the way she acts so that you don't even ponder her path or her way of doing things, her path of life. Her ways are unstable. Listen to this under, underline this right here. You do not know them. I want you to understand. You do not know them. You don't know them well. You know she seems like a nice person. I know she's dressed like that. I know. You know she's probably been around the block. But you know what? She said, you don't know them. You 
do not realize. Yeah, but, you know, I met her and this and that, and you try to make these excuses. And you know, we kind of just, no, stop. Just stop all the excuses. You don't know. It's obvious you don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. In fact, you don't even know what you don't know. Does that make any sense to you? You don't even know what you don't know. You think you know, but you don't know what you don't know. What is he saying? Son, trust the word. See, in another way, don't use your own understanding because you don't know. Trust the word. Trust the word, son. Trust the word. Just do it the way the word says to do it. Don't follow your emotions. Don't follow your feelings. Therefore, hear me now, my children, and do not depart. Notice again, here it is. We're from the words of my mouth. Son, stay in the word. Verse 8, this is a key word. This underlines something here in here, okay? Listen to this. Son, here's wisdom. There it is. Underline that. Here's wisdom, right? Son, remove your way far from her. Underline, remove your way far from her. Remove your way. What's the next word? Far. Say it again. Say it. Far. <laughs> that doesn't mean close, does it? It means far. It means apart. Remove your way far? What does that mean, your way? The way you go to work. What it means by remove your way is the way you go to work, the way you go to the water cooler, the way you go to the bathroom, the way you, the way you walk into work, the way you uh, go through the store, the way you walk, the way you walk from your desk to the break room. And you know that certain ladies over there that at that desk, son, you walk the other way. Well, that's the long way. The long way, man. But... But I'm going to do anything. I'm, I'm just going to say hi. I'm not going to do anything. Son, remove your way. Stay far, far from her. And let me tell you, this is wisdom right here. Far from her. Wisdom is saying far from her. That's wisdom. And notice what it goes on to say. And do not go near. Do not go near. Well, I'm, I'm not going to do anything at all. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to sin. I mean, I'm just going to go by there. I'm not. Yeah, well, passing along the street near her corner, and, and you know, and we watched that guy go to his death. That's it. He just passed by. We read it. The death of some things in his life. If not, complete death, right? Could catch a disease or something. Some remove your way far from, or don't even go near the door of your house, of her house. What is going, what is God doing right here? I need you to write that down. What is God doing? And question mark that. What is God doing? God says, he's saying, let me give you wisdom. This is what he's doing. He's trying to give us wisdom. Let me give you wisdom. A prudent man, Proverbs 23, 22 verse 3, Proverbs 22 verse 3 says, a prudent man foresees evil. But I found that most Christians, okay, uh, uh, oh, wait a minute, and you would, you would just assume, because I found most Christians would know where the line is, but that's an assumption. You would assume that, right? 
And you, later on you'll find, no, they don't know where the line is. That there is a line, they don't know where the line is. They don't know where the line uh, 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 of don't go there is at. You're going to cross that line. It's in their own mind. And some people will say, well, sexual intercourse, that's the line. No, 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 no. And we can walk through the Bible to find out where the line is, really. And I mean, the Bible has a lot more to say than most people realize it does about where their where the sexual lines are at. And it comes all the way back to your heart. Jesus said, if you, in your heart, You've already committed adultery, not physically sexual, done sexually done something immoral, your heart, but in your heart, you're already crossed that line. You've already crossed that line. Jesus says, that's wrong. See, there's sin. The place of temptation. Didn't Jesus say, I want you to pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then goes on to say, lead us not into temptation. In other words, Lord, lead us out of the way. Lead us out, away from the place of temptation. God does not want to place you in, te- uh, in a place of temptation. He doesn't want to put you there. He's not bringing you there. He's not leading you there. He does not want you there. If you're in the place of temptation and you slip, where do you slip into? What do you slip into? Sin. But I want you to notice there's another place outside of that. That's called being near the place of temptation. If you're in the zone of being near the place of temptation and you slip, where do you end up in? Temptation. Where do you end up? In temptation. And Jesus said, lead us not into temptation or away from it. So you know, you want to be one level outside of that safe zone. You know, in other words, you're not even allowed yourself to go near the sin you're not even allowing yourself to go near the place of temptation and it's not what i'm talking about you know it's very clear this is what he's talking about he's saying man he was just passing along the street near her corner and he ended up taking the path to her house he don't even want to be near the place of temptation i've seen a lot of people that god has freed but they don't see the wisdom of the word of God. They don't spend time in the word and they don't see the prudency of hiding themselves from sin. They don't see reason. Like what we're talking about here, it's clear. Don't even go near sin. You think, well, I didn't do anything yet. But you went there and the fact that you went there says something. <laughs> the fact that you went near and you knew that you went near that you were going there, you chose to do that. So you made a choice in your mind. You knew that. You knew that it was near the place of temptation and you chose to draw near to it anyway. You fool yourself. You listen to the lie and get closer and closer. You go near. It's a spiritual it's a spirit that locks you in. You give place to it. That's why the Bible says, give no place to the devil. Don't give him any room, any opportunity. I know what, what it's like to be bound. And I know what it's like to be free 
Free is so much better, let me tell you. And I'll tell you right now, free is better. I don't want any part of that. And I just know my flesh. If I keep putting my flesh in a place of temptation, my flesh is vulnerable. It's flesh. Someone said, well, you're a pastor. I don't care what I am. I'm a human being. I've got to use wisdom. I need God. I've got to stay away from that stuff. Keep away. Being careful even what I watch on TV. Not just for me, for my children also. Entertainment can kill you spiritually. You're just flicking, like I said earlier. You flick through your iPod and your phone just playing a simple word game. A simple word game and, and sexual content pops up showing you things and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. My kid could look at this at any moment. And it draws, it can entice the child, you know, into curiosity. Man, you know, you'll be sitting there one late night. Ever happened to you? And feeling like everything is good. You're okay. You're just watching some tube. You watch flicking, you know, through the channels, and all of a sudden, that spirit will start working on you. Start, you start feeling like, whoa, I, uh, I feel some kind of way. All of a sudden, no, 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 I don't trust my flesh. See, I don't want my kids around that either. And by the way, just a little side point, and I need you to write this down because it's the truth. Just because you're married, it doesn't mean you can go into sexual things together. Just because you're married does not mean get into watch sexual contents together. My wife and I don't. We don't watch anything sexual together. Some people think, well, you know, as a married couple, you can do it. What are you talking about? As a married couple, as a married couple, I can look at some other lady and have all these sexual things going on in my mind, watching some other man do this, and no, 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 what? Think about that, seriously. Where do you get that from, right? And if you need that to arouse yourself for your own spouse, man, you gotta, you gotta ask yourself, what's going on? You're missing some, you're missing something, you're missing some areas in your life there, you're missing something. You shouldn't need that. The reason why you need that is because you're not turning your passion Towards your spouse. You're allowing your eyes to look all over. Same thing. A woman or a man. You have to, you have, to have some inter external things around to help you. You shouldn't have that. You shouldn't have to need any of that. Man, this is your spouse we're talking about. You should be pouring your passion towards your, your spouse. Talking about how, how she looks and, and this and that. You know what I mean? Whatever it is you say and do, but without having to get stimulated by watching sexual content. That's a devil's lie. It's a trap. People have overstimulated themselves. And then when it's time with the right person in the right setting, now your passion's gone. You're all over the map. And not to mention, you woman or man, with those things in your mind, and you go to speak to people in church, the enemy works that. You're given a place to work, and he starts to bring thoughts to your mind while you're trying to talk to somebody, and it becomes a battle to the point that you're like, I need to get out of here. Right? You struggle with it. Like, man, I can't go there. Something wrong. 
or you get the wrong ideas. But there was never really nothing there. What was wrong was the overstimulation that you allowed to come into your mind. So you end up being all over the map, all over the place. He was doing the right thing. Remember what we're reading about here. He was doing the right thing. He would look, and I tell you what I have learned. Talk about my wife, man. And if I see somebody in the enemy tries to draw my attention, I think about my wife right away. And I thank God. And I learned to say, I love my wife. Praise God. I got the best top of the line state of art woman at home. I got a woman that loves me and cares for me. And she's more than just my wife. She's my friend. My best friend. She got my back through thick and thin. And this is how it needs to be. See, I've got to remind myself there is somebody that will do great things in my life better than that other stuff. Understand that. I'm trying to keep up with the one woman I got. I don't need any more. All right. Let me finish this up. This is powerful. This was written, okay? Solomon began to reign in 1000 BC, 3000 years ago. These things were written. And yet he could have been writing for 2000s today. And I share with you, don't be alone in a house. Don't be alone in a car. And somebody says, you know, they ask, a car? Yeah, what are you, crazy? You never heard of any, any make model. Not just vans. This could happen anywhere. I'm telling you, even bugs and mini coopers. I don't care what it is. You get over there, the flesh is the flesh. If you do that, the flesh is the flesh. Don't be there. Don't be alone. Don't be in the place of temptation. Are you anywhere near it? Jesus said, take it seriously. If there's a person over here is attractive and you know it, that's not the direction you need to go. Don't walk that direction because they're attractive. You want to get a closer look. Don't drive that way. Don't drive that direction to see if that lady's out there watering her lawn because you know she dresses provocative. Don't drive that way. Or don't drive that way because you see the, you know, the man over there, he's working out in his yard. You want to look at his muscles and flexing and sweating. Don't go that way. See, that's all giving place. Sowing seed, actually. And when you sow that in seeds, eventually, let me tell you, that's going to come up. That harvest of lust is going to rise up. It's going to grow. And you're going to get caught. And here the Word of God is telling you, Son, if you spend time in the Word, the Word will remind you of these things. And you remember not to sow that seed to give place to that. So Jesus said this, If your hand offends you, cut it off. If your eye... It's bad. Pluck it out. What is he saying? Well, not literally cut your hand off, obviously, right? Because we have problems. Because we have problems stealing, and you cut your hand off, you're gonna end up stealing with your left hand. So he's not literally saying cut it off, but he's bringing an important point. He's saying, son, it may have to hurt you, and that's the bottom line. In order for a lot of us to see and learn, it sometimes it has to hurt. You see, because we we can see. And I like to talk about doubting Thomas and these things because that's where your doubt comes from. You're not faith enough to say, oh, I can fight this. I can overcome this. I can listen to the word, turn to the word and believe in it. Don't doubt in it. Don't doubt that, that you, you um, will not fall into that. Don't doubt that your flesh is weak. Believe that your flesh is weak. Know that your flesh is weak. Because if you don't see that, man, who's going to show you that? God, if God has shown it to you, what other human being in the world could make you see that? 
if you're not seeing what God is showing you. Even through this lesson alone, seeing that. So the reason why I brought up Doubting Thomas is because, remember, Doubting Thomas, when Christ came to him after they were sitting uh, uh, together, when Christ resurrected, he rose from the dead and he appeared to them for the very first time. He addressed Thomas. He addressed Thomas because Thomas was in doubt. He was, no, 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 no. Seeing with his eyes, he did not believe, right? He did not believe. See, so now that he had proof right there, but he needed a different type of proof, another type of convincing, and that was to feel. And the Lord knew it. He went directly and said to him, look, I'm here. He stood and believed, and he said, place your hand in the palm of my hand. Place here. And he would feel the holes. His hand. So now he had to feel. So this is what the Lord Jesus is saying, right? About cutting off your hand. Plucking out your eye. That it's going to have to hurt you. You're going to have to feel in order for you to believe. And in order for Tom to believe, he had to feel it. So see, there's another way of coming into belief. By feeling it. And sometimes it hurts. I'm going to stop right there, brothers and sisters. This is the end of part two, okay? And we will continue on part three on our next session. So let's close with uh, a powerful prayer. We start off like this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction, who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my youth and my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. But he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities, the chastisement for my peace was upon him. And by his stripes, I am healed that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying he himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. What then shall I say to these things? If God is for me, who can be against me? Blessed shall I be when I come in and blessed shall I be when I go out. The Lord my God will make me abound in all the work of my hand, in the fruit of my body, in the increase of my livestock, and in the produce of my land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over me for good as he rejoiced over my father's. And the Lord will make me the head and not the tail. I shall be above only and not beneath if I heed the commandments of the Lord my God, which I am commanded today to be careful and observe them. All my children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be peace of my children. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against me in judgment will be cast down and condemned. No evil shall befall me, nor shall any plague come near my dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. In their hands they shall bear me up, lest I dash my foot against a stone. For exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. And this I pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen.